This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window. Making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Um, everybody's expecting John Blankenship to be on today, but... He's in Sparta getting ready for his big uh, bash that he's putting on for his uh, birthday in Sparta. So he did want me to remind all of you fans and uh, friends that his address is 710 River Hill Road in Sparta, Tennessee. That's 710 River Hill Road in Sparta. And uh, we're not missing anything. We got my brother James Michael Jones on today. And uh, Mike, we had a great breakfast over at Bud's this morning. And he is so good to all of his friends and people that have done business with him for years. Every Friday morning, he uh, he feeds us. He yep. feeds us breakfast. And, and it's, it's perfect. It's, uh, it's out of this world. It's amazing. All of us said this morning the breakfast was just a little bit better than usual. I don't know why. We had the same thing that we yeah. always have. But, you know, when you uh, start out, you got your biscuits, you got your gravy, you got your eggs, you got your bacon, you got your sausage, you got orange juice, and you got coffee. What else could you ask for? And banana bread. Well, I didn't eat the banana Kate, bread. Oh, it's out. oh, I love it. Just out of this world. I normally don't eat banana bread, but Kay's banana bread is really good. I, every time I've eaten it, I don't know why I didn't eat it this morning, but I, I guess I do, too. I was a little late. Yeah. We've uh, uh, invested a little money in a dog, and uh, uh, our, our dogs, inside dogs, are getting old, and we've... We invested a little money a couple of weeks ago in a dog, and and uh, I was up at four o'clock this morning, and uh, having to take you know Robbie's working, and so we uh, I was late this morning, so it takes a while uh, to get myself ready nowadays. I'm getting old, I think. You are getting old. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing I'm younger than you, but uh, I wouldn't be able to get around. <laughs> I think it's probably from playing football and all of those other sports that we played from the time we were born to probably, uh, I, I know I ran until about 10 years ago, and I was still running long distance, and then it finally caught up with me. Well, it's caught up with me, too. I, I, I used to just couldn't stand coming home and not running every day Yeah. and uh, had an injury. And it kind of slowed me down for a while, and then I uh, started back, and then had another injury, and I decided it's time for me to quit. And uh, but I used to love to run, but I'm I'm like you, I'm paying the price now. But uh, how could know, running hurt our shoulders? I guess that must have been the football part. I think that must have been the football. <laughs> Little, little bit of hitting every once yeah. in a while on a show. I did, and I never dreamed I'd, I'd have shoulder problems. No. But I've got them. And, uh, but, oh, tell me why you were up early for that dog. Well, we've, we've got one that gets up usually around 4.30 every morning. And it has to go out. Well, uh, she got up a little early this morning at 4. And when mm -hmm. she, she went out, the pup hurt her. And yeah. so... Yep, 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 yep. So it's time to time for her to go out, and uh, Robbie, Robbie, and, and I both we tried to go back to bed, but I mean we were up, yeah. and uh, 
And, you know, you got to feed them. Then they got to go back outside. And then. Robbie loves dogs, doesn't she? Yeah, she's. Well, I think if it's an animal and it's a baby, she loves them. Yeah. We, we get a big kit now. I've got right at 45 commercial ewes. And they've been lambing now for about two and a half months. So I, I've got about 62 babies. Mm. And we have the best time because uh, they'll, if you watch them out in the field, those 62 will start gathering in a mm. group. And you'll see 15 or 20 get in a group. And then here uh, across the field, you'll see three or four start running over there to that group. And eventually, every one of them are together. Mm. And one of them will take off maybe 35, 40 yards, and all the rest of them will follow it. And they'll all get in the group, and then they'll take off again. And they may do that for 10 or 15 minutes. And it is most fun to watch jumping up and down playing uh, when they're doing that. And why they do it, I have no idea. But it's just a game for them. They love to play. So as one goes... Everything else goes. All the rest of them will follow. They're herd animals, and I guess that may be part of their instinct. But Are they Democrats? No, they're Republicans. Republicans stick together. <laughs> <laughs> and Democrats don't? Well, you got, you got a point there. I'm not going to get into politics. I get in trouble. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we've uh, really enjoy where we are because we don't have any neighbors mm -hmm. and uh, nearest neighbors a mile and a half away so it's it's uh, but that's not pretty, as a crow uh, a crow flies is it it's, it's exactly one and a half miles down my road yeah and that's pretty much as a crow flies that's almost straight if you think about it well, I am so glad that your road has improved. I'm talking yes. about your driveway. So are a lot of people. We've had some we've had some catastrophes in the Fourth of July with with heavy rains. Yeah. Before the county uh, started working it, it was it was uh, it was quite expensive. Uh, you know, you might put down two or three thousand dollars worth of gravel one day, and a big storm comes up, and it's all gone, and you're having to replace it, and then. Uh, culverts. I had to put in some culverts myself, but then county took it over, and uh, uh, it's been a blessing. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, we've been. Uh, I think since they took it over, I think it's been twice that we couldn't get out. And uh, now they they've put me a load of gravel there, two mm -hmm. or three loads of gravel. So if we can't get out, I can take my tractor and and take the gravel and fill in where we need to go and. <laughs> wait for the county to get there, but they've been really good. I have to brag on the county. How did you end up with a driveway that's a county road? Uh, well, it used to be a county road. Yeah. Several years ago. And in 1997, they closed it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we bought it, it was still on the map. We, we thought it was a county road when we bought it. Yeah. Well, when I went to get it... Uh, them to work it they said no it's been taken off the mountain it was and of course we bought it what 11 years ago wow it doesn't seem that long and uh so well, wasn't anything i could do but start taking care of the road mm -hmm. and i didn't have any help because nobody else traveled the road but us and uh, i don't know I, I got to talking to a neighbor and who had access to the road mm -hmm. his property butted into the road and he said that he was never notified that the road was closed. I said, mm. you never got a letter? No. So uh, I went to the, the Tennessee Annotated Code mm -hmm. and, and read it. And uh, it clearly states that everybody that has access to the road, has property button, it has to be notified. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to the highway department and got the records and one two people had been notified one of them didn't even live on the road and he lived on down the road a couple of miles from mm -hmm. there and the other one was the entrance that was uh, Johnny Neely and uh, uh, he had been notified and that was the only one that had been notified and the other people hadn't been notified mm. so I got in touch with the county and they opened it up because they said I explained to them and the next month they closed it down so we had to go to court, and we were lucky enough that we we won the, we won the case, and 
I'll have to say this: they have they have done what they, you know, I expect them to. They've done a good job with the rope. Been a big help. Well, you you were very fortunate to get that done because, as we all know, when when you have uh, a road right next to a creek and the creek is pretty active, especially mm-hmm. during the rain. Yeah, that's it, that's, it takes it takes everything away. It's a fooler. Uh, the creek's dry most of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the year. Yeah. And it's a fooler. But when that water comes off those hills, and and it comes. Uh, it feeds in two or three, four different directions mm-hmm. when it comes off that hill, and it—that's a lot of water comes off that hill, a lot of it, and it—and uh, it gets up quick, mm-hmm. but it goes down quick. You know, it—you it may be impassable, you know, for an hour, and then up, and you don't want to go across. Then whenever hours gone, it's—you know—you you don't have any problems, but it's—it's—it's uh, it's unique. And uh, the way it is, all that rock wall that was built years and years ago in the creek, it's, you know, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Well, you were, um, you're a farmer. You've been in education for most of your life, one way or the other. And, um, but now that you're in real estate and farming, there's a lot of people that are looking to sell their houses because of the value going right. up through the roof. Right. And then um, there's a lot of uh, things that they don't think about when mm-hmm. they, they do those things. And then you got young people like you and I have uh, uh, got y- young grandkids. And um, they are, a lot of them are looking at uh, maybe land uh, like you did and, and things like that. Is it smart to look, uh, say, if you live in Rutherford County right now, and if is it smart to look outside the county into the areas that uh, are not as urban as as we are? I, I mean, you're looking at Cannon County and and Cal- all of those. Cab and uh, Cannon, uh, I'd say, are probably getting more looks than they were Mm -hmm. Uh, now is it smart I I don't know if it's smart or not Uh, there are some things that you're going to miss when you go to you know a rural county yeah and uh, uh, and expenses that you're probably not going to expect but now the starter homes thousand eleven twelve hundred square foot homes are bringing prices that we never dreamed it would bring, and uh, it's it's tough. I mean, if you were trying to buy a starter home, even even a home, uh, the market is is uh, is not saturated with with houses and farms and land for sale. Yeah, it's not anywhere near. And if you get property and you list it. Uh, and it's anywhere near its value. It's probably not going to be on the market very long. I, I know one of our agents uh, uh, signed three homes in in uh, Cannon County mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, all three of those are already sold. They sold within the first two or three days. All I mean, they were gone, and uh, they weren't big houses, but they you know they sold well. And uh, you're finding this, we're finding this out more and more every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have a home that you bought eight, nine years ago that's zoomed up in value. Yeah. But if you sell it and everything else is zoomed up too, you're going to pay a price for it. And it's amazing how many times that you get a contract mm-hmm. and it's full-blown contract. And the last one, I think the last one, residential I sold, uh, we ended up paying, I don't know, somewhere between twelve and $15,000 more than it listed for because we kept getting bumped up with other people trying to buy. And uh, Well, if you list a house, say, for $150,000 and you, you, you've got a contract out and then somebody comes up two or three days later because it's such a great deal and they want to buy it for that, and then all of a sudden, you start having people start calling on it. Is is that a proper way 
to deal because that's that's happening uh you you may not like it but it's happening uh you know the they can accept a bid and and ask you know say that they want more offers they will look at other offers Mm. uh and that's happening over and over and over again uh the owner has the right to do all those changes Uh and uh you know it's, it's our job to do what who we're representing you know if somebody gives me uh a contract and for x number of dollars then i'm going to present it to them you know to whomever yeah that their agent is and then they've got the right to accept or reject and uh it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to take that offer even as if even if it's full price full no more price. no matter how the contract yeah. is written and that's the reason an agent has you really need an agent who knows what they're doing because, you know, you want to list your house and you want it to bring fair market value. You mm-hmm. want it to bring far and fair. So you better do your homework and know what you're doing, and uh, because you don't want to, you don't want to underlist it and you don't want to overlist it. But you've got you've got to do your homework and know what you're doing. And uh, unfortunately, I work for a company that. You know they're up front. Uh, Maples is up front. Mm-hmm. They, uh, uh, everything we do is above board. Yeah. And uh, couldn't find a better place to work. And uh, everybody's friendly and nice. And you know there's not any backstabbing and all that where there is everywhere else. Well, but, would it ever bother you that uh, maybe people who are in the real estate business do they ever look for these particular sales that are underpriced or whatever and that would be a scary thing for uh, someone who is in real estate uh, say the the house that house is selling for $150,000 which is not even half of of what it's worth and and then that would catch the attention to a lot of people who know about real estate mm-hmm. wouldn't it mm-hmm. So uh, how how do you how do you stay away well, from that? Well, you, you know, you you uh, when you list a house, you're going to go through and and get comps. You'll look see what everything is brought in that area and recently, yeah. and that's fairly easy to do with the MLS real tracks. You can look at yeah. what property sold, and you're going to be if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to be pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes we miss, you know, uh, and we'll go to an auction. And we think it's going to bring X number of dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, it brings more, or it brings less. You know, it's it's it's. But you've got a pretty good idea if you've done your homework at an auction, unless something really crazy happens. You got a pretty good idea what it's going to bring. You're mm-hmm. going to be pretty close. And uh, but it's like more said, likely to bring more than less, isn't it? As a rule. Yes, more or less. We're finding, as Betsy says, uh, Betsy you know, and it, Maples, Maples Taylor. If if you're going to auction something off, it's probably, without a doubt, going to bring every bit of what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference in an auction and maybe listing your house. When you list it, now people can put in other offers, but you're usually dealing one on one. Mm. with a person yeah. when at an auction you may have uh let's say the last auction that, that i worked mm-hmm. we had uh we had five that i can remember legitimate bidders that were one right after another after mm-hmm. it got started yeah uh we we were getting offers from five different people and sometimes when that happens uh it might bring just a tad more than you thought it was going to bring because they get competitive. Mm-hmm. Bidders get competitive, and uh, it turns out to be a pretty good thing for for an auction. And even even with the uh, merchandise we've been selling, uh, uh, pri- uh, personal goods, yeah, uh, we find some of those things. You know, they get pretty competitive with those things. You know. And uh, guns and ammo and stuff brought. We had an auction a few weeks ago when I wouldn't, I couldn't believe. But that goes through the roof. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. through the roof. And it's fun. 
it's fun. Uh, Betsy asked me the other day if well, I was auctioning something off. I don't remember. But she said, are you getting tired? I said, no, I'm having fun. <laughs> Uh, when you're auctioning something off, if you want, if you're an auctioneer, I think, uh, I think you have fun with it. That's a fun thing to do. I always wanted to do it, and I don't, I don't get to do as much of it as I'd like to, but I love it. You get to read people w- when the auction's going on, don't you? Yes. You can see their faces yeah. and and whether they're aggravated or excited or whatever. And taking bids, I like taking bids. I mean, it's just as just as much fun as auction taking bids because you know sometimes you'll look at a person who's been bidding and they say, "No, I'm not going to bid anymore." Yeah. And just a simple nod of your head and grin. Yeah. And almost nine times out of ten, they'll bid again. That's almost a show in itself. Isn't yes, it? it's fun. It's fun. Uh, but uh, but but you you look at houses now that have been sold uh, um, um, with a, a, uh, a an agent like you would go and talk to people who maybe have a house on East Main Street and and you and you uh, work hard to get it all set up and and then um, the price is down. Do you ever tell a person? that it's one of these situations kind of like at an auction where you're going to have people who are going to come running in and look at that and then they start bidding against each other you may have five or six people that have looked at that house and they hear what it's selling for but they still know i want that house no matter what do you how does that work uh, I, I mean you'd be in a continual bidding war on some of those houses over on there. some of them some of them you do get in a bidding war I'm really and truly it yeah. is a bidding war if they want the house and uh well you take someone who i guess maybe has moved in from another state yeah and uh i think about the property that's pretty close to me they have a really nice home and some acreage and uh people from california bought it mm-hmm. and you know, everybody they, wants out of California. They, they thought they stole it. Yeah. And they paid a pretty good price, but they absolutely thought they stole the property. Yeah. And if you've been in California, I've been a few times, and you know people who live there, you find out, I mean, you know, a 1,500 square foot home, million dollars. Mm-hmm. And they come here, and for less than a million dollars, they buy acreage and, you know, 3,000 square foot home and they think yeah. they think they stole it and in their eyes they did they did and uh, We're right now our, our Prices are escalating. Yeah, and uh, and blame it on materials or whatever, but uh, and builders, you know, they're kind of uh, in a disarray in some some ways because you know, with the price of goods going up, materials going up, and they've got a house priced, uh, and all of a sudden the materials are, you know, up 15, 20 percent or whatever. Uh, and still makes, going up. Yeah, and so uh, they've got a problem because mm-hmm. they, you know, they want this much for the house. Well, the house is worth more now because they haven't put more into it. And, uh, and that's tough on a builder. That's tough on a builder. You know, everywhere, just about, there's a lot of jobs that um, are were being hard to fill. And now, with what's happening all across the country, on the West Coast and the East Coast, the way law enforcement officers are being treated and, and a lot of other occupations, they're looking for something... They want to stay in that particular uh, career search, but uh, it's becoming almost a situation where um, you you feel like that that it's not worth the effort to be where you are, like in in uh, Minneapolis and New York, uh, Washington State, Oregon, uh, all across California. People are looking to get away from that because it's not the same state, or it it it, it, it doesn't feel like it even belongs in the United States. You might say. Well, I was talking to uh, uh, Trey uh, Nunley here, who, who who has been with the sheriff's department a good while and a great officer. He says people are migrating to here, mm-hmm. and 
that's they want to continue their career in a place that still respects them and still respects our country and i was so happy to hear that because we're getting great officers that have already had all the training and the expertise that's needed to be in law enforcement down here and in across the state of tennessee simply because um we offer something that stability. they had their dreams built on offer stability i i can't imagine being a police officer and in some of these areas where the riots are yeah. and and having to stand there and 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 take the abuse and uh you know what one two three or officers do or have done may have been right or wrong uh everybody's paying for that well the media is going to make them yeah. wrong no matter what they do yeah and uh, so we've, we've ended up in, in a situation, and we're seeing it here. I mean, Middle Tennessee, people are coming here. People yeah. are coming here. They're, they're and, tired of, of, of putting up with all, all the negative all, stuff that we're going on. And a lot of it, though, I mean, of course, now we've got good schools. Yeah. Uh, our schools are, are excellent. And, of course, you know, if you just read the paper, uh, Central Magnet's rated one of the top schools. I think they're about fourth or fifth in the nation. I, now that, that I don't know what they yeah. are right now. I think there's, they're number two in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a school, I want to say in Nashville, uh, Magnet School, that yeah. surpassed them. Uh, but That's amazing uh, in itself. But we've got good schools. Uh, uh we're pretty quiet. I mean, I mean, you know, I just can't imagine uh, what's going on in some of these cities. I was, I, there's no way I'd live there. Yeah. Uh, and the things that are going on, uh, I understand the right to uh, gather and show your. Uh, but not but, protest but in a not, in, in a riot. Not in a riot, and, yeah. and not. Uh, uh, not spitting on people, yeah. you know, throwing objects at people. That's just, to me, that's just, I don't understand it. Uh, but it's happening. We see it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think if I were in one of those big cities like mm -hmm. like Minnesota and, and uh, uh, some of those out in California, I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to find another place to live. Well, I'm you know, in Say in Rosary County, you guys compete with all the counties around us in Middle Tennessee, and some of them are so obvious. Take Williamson County, you will pay a lot more for a house in Williamson County and still have the exact same house we're over here in Rutherford County. And our schools, nobody has got better schools. Nobody's got better security. Law enforcement do a great job in in Rutherford County and all the uh, the county and the cities. And it's, it's amazing to me that some people will still want to live. I, I guess it's they feel like it's a country club environment over in Williamson County in, in some areas like Brentwood and, and, yeah. and whatever. But... We we offer, uh, I would put Rutherford County up against anybody in the state of Tennessee. Well, we're lucky that we were raised in Rutherford County. Yeah. You know, you still got some rural aspects, you know. Uh, of course, when I taught uh, at College Grove in Williamson County and at Page in the 70s, mm -hmm. uh, we used to drive through Brentwood a lot, and Brentwood was mostly rural. Yeah. You know, a lot of big farms and white fences and stuff like that. But it was, but it's, it's nothing like that now. When I started teaching again in Williamson County and went to Woodland and Brentwood Middle, uh, it's it, it's just a complete different town. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's really grown. But you're right. You buy a piece of property there, it's uh, it's it's going to cost you. And uh, but. Uh, we're beginning to see some the prices rise here. We, uh, houses are selling for square footage a lot more than what they were just just a very few years ago, mm -hmm. and it's going to continue to do that. It's what what they're saying it's going to continue to do that. But uh, uh, and we're lucky too because interest rates. 
can you imagine what it would be like when, you know, uh, several years ago when the interest rates got up, what, 9, 10%, 11%? I remember it going all the way to 11. Can you imagine having to buy a house and and paying that kind of interest rate? We're lucky that the interest rates have dropped down. And, of course, that's helped property sale. Uh, But... uh, Well, uh, with the interest rate uh, being down like it is, is that one of the reasons that the cost of uh, new houses and whatever, just buying a home, does does that make it uh, rise almost automatically? I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it makes it rise automatically, but it makes it more affordable for the individual. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I don't understand. And I'm. And this. This is just me. Mm-hmm. Some people pay a tremendous amount of money every month to lease a house or rent a house, mm-hmm. where they could buy the house for probably less money. Yeah. And of course, some of them, it's finances. I understand they've been in trouble, and you know they can't get a loan or whatever. But in other cases, some people just don't want to own a house. Yeah. They think it's better, you know, upkeep, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they just they don't want to own a house. They'd rather they'd rather rent. And but uh, like you say, a lot of them cannot buy a house because yep. of their background. Yep. And which that, which is a problem. shame to see them pay almost twice as much as what they should be right. in rent. Rather than uh, they could be owning, they could yeah they, you, could, they could own. It. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Mike Jones from NAC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5 and 101.9 AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We at Ferret Construction offer a 24-hour emergency service. Whether your shingles are blown off your roof, you have a tree on your roof, or if your whole house flooded, we offer a 24-hour emergency service. That's why it's important to shop local. They're your neighbors, and they take care of you. We're family here at Ferret Construction. We care about you. This is Ron Hall with Ferret Construction. Call 615-893-6120. That's Ferret Construction Company. Main Street is proud to bring back Jazz Fest on May 1st, starting at noon on the historic Murfreesboro Square. Food trucks, an interactive kids' alley, local talent, including student and professional bands, will all be there. This is a free family event, so bring your chairs, your family, and friends, and come out on May 1st at the Murfreesboro Public Square for Jazz Fest. Presenting sponsors, First Bank and T-Mobile. Hi guys, this is Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. During these uncertain times, like you, I'm focused on keeping my family and myself safe and healthy. While many areas of our lives have been put on hold, health emergencies are still taking place. Don't wait to seek treatment for an emergency. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24-7 and have strict safety precautions in place. I'm sharing this message with all of my Middle Tennessee neighbors. Don't wait to seek treatment for an emergency. Go straight to the ER. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street, across from the tall NHC building. We've expanded our store. We've increased it about 600 square feet. We would just be very excited for everybody to come check us out. Proceeds from sales benefit Greenhouse Ministries, a faith-based nonprofit serving the underserved here in Murfreesboro. We were able to put merchandise into our store that we previously haven't had displayed. Maternity clothes, scrubs, activewear, pajamas. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. Here's Amy Byers. If you've not been to mtmc.com lately, you might want to check it out. It's got a whole new look. And it is very easy to navigate. Check out Middle Tennessee Electric's new website, mtemc.com. It's a great opportunity to learn more about Middle Tennessee Electric, being able to pay your bill, and check that out for more information. mtemc.com. 
Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Police in Smyrna trying to find suspects who smashed the windows of a vehicle parked at the Greenway on Fitzhugh Boulevard. The victim's purse was taken along with some credit cards that were used before being canceled. The crime happened between 6 and 7 o'clock April 22nd. There are pictures on WGNSRadio.com. Also a name and number to call if you recognize the suspect. New unemployment claims are down, but continued claims are up in Tennessee for the week ending April 24th. The Department of Labor released the data showing just over 8,700 new claims filed statewide last week. That's about 4,600 fewer than the week before and is the lowest number in a month. Continued claims increased by about 5,000, rising from 46,000 to 51,000. Rutherford County Mayor Bill Ketron says the conversations he's had with Republic Services about their request to expand the Middle Point landfill have resulted in them pulling the request with the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. Through these negotiations, it has resulted in Republic will be making a public statement by letter to me that they are withdrawing the expansion permit at Middle Point landfill until March first 2022. Ketron during a recent WGNS radio broadcast said over the next 60 days the county was receiving proposals from companies interested in managing waste and recycling some of that waste to turn it into viable product to help offset the cost of waste management. Socialize with us on social media. Log on to facebook.com slash WGNS radio and click the like button or follow us on Twitter at WGNS radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Hey, you've got to get a move on so Discount Mattress can get a move on. They're in their final days of their moving sale. All remaining inventory is deeply discounted to avoid moving cost. All remaining floor models are priced below cost. Discount Mattress, locally owned and operated and serving Murfreesboro's mattress needs since 2001. Now, you got to hurry. The sale ends April 30th, 1614 Northwest Broad Street, next to La Siesta Mexican Restaurant. Get on by Discount Mattress. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high in the mid-70s. Winds out of the north around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 56. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn Pop Fresh Daily, their movie hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. Join me, America's career coach, Ken Coleman. Weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Mike Jones, my brother, and uh, we do want to mention what's going on at Premier Six. And uh, I still haven't heard back from Larry. Larry was uh, real sick this last week, and and I know they miss him terribly over at Premier Six because he was the one that really took a l- great care with everybody coming in and making sure that everything was perfect for them. And uh, uh, hopefully he's going to be back soon over there, but they still do a great job and uh, Shelby runs a place and and uh, she makes sure that everybody uh, is comfortable where they go they enjoy themselves you got the best popcorn in the world and you, you just really can't beat uh, Premier Six on Broad Street it used to be called Jackson Heights and uh, showing this week uh, the Goonies which is uh, one of my favorite favorite uh, children's uh, movies and it it, uh, it really has a, a lot of uh, action in it 
and it Friday through Saturday, uh, it's played at two. 405, 625, and 8.15 p.m. Uh, on Sunday, 2 p.m., 405, and 625, and Monday through Thursday at 6.30 p.m. And uh, Mortal Kombat, which is a um, rated R movie, uh, it's Friday through Saturday, 2.15, 4.30, 6.45, and 8.40, Sunday, 2.15, 4.30, and 6.45. Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, I know who my favorite is in that one. PG-13, Friday and Saturday, 2.25, 4.47, 5 p.m. Sunday, 2.25, 4.40, and 7 p.m. And Monday through Thursday, 6.45 p.m. Nobody, which I think just won an Academy Award, is rated R. Uh, Friday and Saturday, 210, 425, 650, and 850. Sunday, 210, 425, and 650. Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, that's an animated movie, uh, rated PG, Friday through Sunday, 220, 435, and 620, Monday through Thursday, 6.15 p.m. Singing in the Rain, which is a classic movie, uh, that would be open for anybody to enjoy. Uh, Friday through Sunday, 1.50, 4 p.m., excuse me, and 6.05, and Monday through Thursday at 6 p.m. Now, um, you were a teacher for a long time. Your specialty was math and science, and so you, you've uh, your daughter teaches over at uh, at um, uh, the John camp. Pittard. The John yeah, Pittard. the uh, John Pittard. John no. Pittard and at uh, Central Magnet. Okay. Uh, now they teach different subjects, don't they? Yeah. Uh, Lee Ann teaches the, chemistry. the yeah chemistry. Very bright in chemistry. Uh, that's at the top of the level. And the thing that really has interest, it, it seems like education has changed so much in a lot of different areas. And one of the biggest changes has been in math, math and science. Is, math is, uh, and science both have uh, uh, changed a lot. Now, the math, I don't, uh, I'm not real happy with the math. Being a principal for five years, I got to go in a lot of classes, and math is completely different from what what we did. I loved uh, algebra. Uh, algebra mm -hmm. was one of my favorite subjects, and uh, I didn't really. I, I I did it. I had trig, and mm -hmm. and it was okay, but uh, I, I had advanced math courses, and um, the math was uh, always not problem for me, mm -hmm. and we were discussing. Uh, how it's changed, uh, um, a simple math homework assignment that we did mm -hmm. that might take me 15 or 20 minutes the way we did it. Yeah. Now it's taking these kids two to three problem more because they've got to separate things out. And, and it makes it easier for, for them, but yet it takes a long time to do it. And, you know, it might have taken me 15 minutes, but it takes them 30 minutes longer than it did me. So that's 45 minutes you're doing the math. that should have took 15 minutes. And uh, Is there uh, any logical reason no, for it? No. Uh, well, there is. I won't mention. I'm, I'm not going to go into the way I think about it. But uh, I had I had a great algebra teacher, Miss mm -hmm. Hayes. And uh, she was very good. I had a very good geometry teacher, Miss mm -hmm. McFerrin. Yeah. And I was lucky I had Miss McFerrin in the fourth grade, too. So uh, I had her twice. And so, That's T. Uh, McFerrin's mom. Yeah, T.'s mom. Yeah. And uh, uh, I understood the math and did it. And I was with a lot of, lot of students who, who understood it, understood it, and they did it. And it was not a problem. I don't know why we've gone to the phases that we've gone to with math. Like I say, I totally disagree with what we're doing because uh, it worked. And mm -hmm. 
you know, calculators, uh, uh, we use them and, and we get stuck with them and we can add and subtract, multiply and divide, you know, with it. And it's a lot simpler than doing it with a pencil. Well, I, I will agree with that. But uh, I guess the first 20 years that I taught school, mm-hmm. I never used a calculator to do grades. I added them up in my head, uh, I put a pencil down, divided, and that's how I did my grading for years. Then I got caught up into, well, we started then, we put your grades in a computer. Well, your computer did all the work, did all the work. And it kind of, you know, uh, it's like baseball or basketball. You can't go into a gym and shoot and be accurate. You can't hit a baseball unless you practice. Yeah. And uh, we've gone we've gone away from a lot of those things. We use calculators to add, subtract, multiply, and divide now in school. Mm-hmm. And instead of practicing and uh, mental things, you know, uh, to me, being mentally quick, if I'm buying something or I'm selling something, I want to be mentally quick mathematically. And mm-hmm. I, I can do that in my head pretty much. And I think that takes away from from some things, you know, uh, I've sold cars uh, in the summers to with the McNabs, our yeah. cousins, yeah. and uh, uh, I knew how much I was making. I knew how much the person was was paying for the car, and I knew how much the company was making. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays, when somebody goes in to buy uh, a car. They're more interested in how much it's going to cost a month mm-hmm. than they are the value of their car and the value of the car they're buying. And and the car business now, wow, is just absolutely gone crazy because uh, cars now are bringing manufacturer suggested retail price. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I can't ever remember that. I can't ever remember that. And some people are paying more than that just to get a car because they're so hard. The chips. They're having trouble getting chips, and they can't get the cars out. So there's a shortage of cars, and people needing cars, and it's very competitive. It's just kind of like houses. It's very competitive now. D- different world, different world. But and let me get back to teaching. Science got to be. Uh, this is my idea of a teacher. Mm-hmm. And when I was a principal, I felt this way, and as I taught, I felt this way. The state sends me a curriculum, mm-hmm. and I've got to teach it and follow it along. And that was not a problem. That's not a problem. Uh, my job was when I taught the curriculum and I tested the students, I graded myself on my teaching ability from the scores that they made on the test that I gave them. I tested over what I had taught. Mm-hmm. And if and I'd look at it, and I said, there were certain things that they didn't grasp. I, it was my job to go back and figure out why they weren't getting it and reteach it. And mm-hmm. then when I started into the curriculum, my next one, I tried to put those back into the curriculum and reteach. And uh, it worked for me. I mean, my TCAP scores were good, but they were good because I went back to recognize my deficiencies. Yeah. What I had done wrong. Where had I failed the students? That was my job, to see where I failed the students. Mm-hmm. And there were certain things that, you know, I just couldn't understand in my mind why these students were missing them. It just yeah. didn't make sense because I, I had taught it. And, and I had also learned over the years if Truman Jones told me he didn't know the answer to a question I asked him, mm-hmm. I'd look at him and I'd say, yes, you do know the answer. Mm-hmm. And they'd look and they said, no, no. I said, I know you know it because I taught it to you. Yeah. Now, let me give you some keys to keep back and maybe you'll figure it out. And I'd start. And all of a sudden, oh, I know the answer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would give me an answer, and I'd say, well, why do you, why do you think that? And they'd start explaining to me, and then, ah, when I was teaching it, I understood then why mm-hmm. they were thinking what they were doing, because when I, when I taught it, 
there was a point there that they didn't grasp, and they just they they went on a different direction, and you had to re, I had to reteach it, and uh, but you know teaching is teaching is not just you spelling out teaching is listening too. Yeah. What like if you it. don't feel comfortable with the way that they're sending their textbooks in and what and how you're supposed to teach the kids, because. Uh, there have been so many complaints, as you know, uh, over the last really few years that uh, uh, a parents, once they find out what what is being taught in the schools, they become very unhappy about it and how it's being taught, or the teachers are made to teach it that way. Well, I went through that in, in Williamson County. I'm lucky. I have good principal. They trusted me. Mm -hmm. They let me teach my way. Yeah. Uh, it, the things they want you to do now, they want the student to learn on their own. And my philosophy has always been, if a student's going to learn on his own, what do you need me for? Mm -hmm. My title is teacher. That's my job, is to mm -hmm. teach. And my job is not to facilitate to the point that the child learns on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, some things just have to be explained and taught, and they need the tools to be able to figure out things and understand. If you teach them the correct tools to use then and what they need to know, then they can use the, what they've learned and to, to figure things out. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what you need to do, uh, not, you know, not just turn them loose. I just... Uh, I kind of got frustrated toward my last years because they kept wanting us to do this and, and that, and I'm thinking, you know, why am I doing that? Yeah. Uh, putting them in uh, learning stations, and you know, that's that's good, you know, to do that every once in a while. You just put them in learning stations all the time, and they're doing these little things that they're supposed to be doing, and they're learning about this and that. Then I'm not, you know, I can pay attention to one or two stations, but I can't watch seven stations at a time. And you know, boys and girls, yeah, they're, they're you know, they're not going to do what what you think they're going to do. They're going to do just the opposite. So uh, now I loved teaching my first 25 years, maybe 25. Mm -hmm. uh, but the last five years, it just got to be where I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Did not enjoy it at all. And I always loved to be in the classroom, but it's just a different world. And uh, I've got have, a daughter have computers, um, computers uh, reached... games, uh, phones, uh, distractions. Uh, you know, you've got this. You've got uh, no phones on in the classroom. Yeah. Well, they're gonna get them on. They're gonna get them on. And uh, uh, you put them on a computer, they're gonna get out of where you want them to do. They're going to try. They're going to try you. Yeah. And uh, uh, He's reading the computer. No. Uh, <laughs> this is about Aunt Mary. Oh, oh bless okay. her heart. She's in the hospital, so I, I, oh. I just thought I'd just check it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to gripe. I mean, teaching is a is a is, well. It's is not a, a matter of griping. It's trying to find out what's right and what's, what's wrong. wrong. Teaching has been good to me. I you yeah. know, I taught a long time, and it's been good to me. I've got retirement. I've got a lot of things, and you know, I'd like. I've got granddaughter who's going to be teaching here in this county, whatever city system next year. Yeah. Uh, Madeline. And uh, of course, Casey's in the here, and Casey's got her doctorate degree, and I'm proud of my kids yeah. in their education that they've gotten. But uh, uh, and, I, I, and I hate to say this, because I know teaching was good for me. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't teach hmm. the way it is today. Yeah. If it was like it was, I was like Larry Stewart, and we were talking about, you know, I, I, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I'm happy as a lark. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm teaching and I'm, you know, but this day and time, is, there's so many restraints. And I think TCAP, it's got its purpose, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with the way it's done because I believe when you test, you pre-test and you post-test. And we're post-testing, we're not pre-testing mm -hmm. with TCAP. Yeah. And that I don't understand. I don't know how you gather data 
with a post-test if you haven't pre-tested the student before you start your year. Mm -hmm. Because the curriculum's changed so much in science especially. You know, I may be teaching uh, uh, physical science or life science or whatever mm -hmm. in one year to the next. Well, they don't match. And so how do you, how do you uh, post-test over something that hadn't been, that hadn't been taught? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy the way, the way they test. And this year especially, you know, after the uh, debacle with the uh, uh, pandemic, uh, and we're, we're still testing them. Well, why are we testing them? Yeah. You know, this is a waste of time right now. It's a testing, they should be teaching them. I mean, we've had, you know, we've missed so many classes that students have, mm -hmm. whether they've been sick or they, you know, or kept home or whatever. Every every day, you should be teaching them, not testing them. And then they have to rearrange their schedules to the ones that are not in school. They have to bring them in and test them. The ones that are in school, they have to be put home. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a debacle as far as I'm concerned. Why test them and why spend all that money? Because you're not going to get anything out of it. You're going to say, well, you know, we all know that they haven't advanced very far. We all know that. Yeah. So why are we testing them? We know that. We're going to have to regroup and, you know, and decide what the curriculum is going to be and teach it and bite the bullet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, the powers to be... And, and two, a lot of a lot of these kids coming up have been taught a different way. Yeah. You know that are that are going to be teaching, and they might teach three or four years. I mean, I've been in places where you know, guys had five years experience. He becomes a principal. Here we are. We've had 20 years, 25 years experience, and I've got somebody looking across at me, telling me I'm not doing my job correctly when I know I am. I mean that that really gets you. That really gets you. And uh, what what? How would you uh, compare private schools with public schools, especially when private schools can select their own curriculum, and uh, they're not their hands aren't tied by the way things are being controlled, say at the state level or in Washington or or whatever. Uh, how would you compare that type of education in in the combative process? That's kind of hard to do, but now uh, the teacher is is the key to the thing. If they're doing their job and teaching, are they work. allowed to do that? Uh, well, we're allowed. I mean, I, we I, I, we've got a great superintendent right. of of. of uh, of city and, and, and county schools, and, and I think they they do, but they they sometimes they have to fight a battle that they, they they almost can't win sometimes. Well, you've got your group, your state group. You know, mm -hmm. you got your people in the state, the higher ups who decide uh, the curriculum, uh, the testing, and, and do all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, some of those. I know one of them, and I think, if I'm correct, it was higher up, had never had any teaching experience. Uh, I think you need people in there that, that have had teaching experience, yeah. know what's going on, and feel good about what needs to be, be taught. You know, there are certain specifics in math, science, English, etc., that you've got to know. I mean, you got to know what a noun is. Yeah. You got to know what a verb is. And uh, that's first grade. Uh, well, you know, you get taught seventh and eighth grade English, mm -hmm. and uh, kids didn't have any idea what a noun, a verb, you know, an adjective. They just didn't. And I remember writing up on the on the board, the horse jumped the fence. Mm -hmm. Now. And, I, and that was one of my big deals. What what's going on here? And who jumped the fence? You know, the noun is 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 what you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are we talking about here? Person, place, or thing here? We're talking about a horse. Okay, mm -hmm. that's the noun. What did the horse do? What action did he? Yeah. Do? He jumped. Okay. What did he jump? He jumped the fence, the mm -hmm. direct object. Okay. And then we would put it together. The white horse jumped the 
red fence. Mm -hmm. So what described the horse? Adjective. Why? And I had kids come back to me that had graduated from high school, and they would they would tell me the white horse jumped the fence. That's how <laughs> I learned. You know, something simple. You just yeah. made it simple, and then you built onto a sentence, and you could do you know you could do your adjectives and your adverbs, you know, and it 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 clicked. Yeah. It clicked, and that's what you got to do. But you know, and and getting into a kid's mind is difficult, especially today. But Getting into a kid's mind is is the main ingredient <clears throat> for being successful. Do you, do you ever see a child utilize uh, uh, proper English anymore? Uh, I, I writing can, it, I, writing it. I can sit talk. and talk to people, and of course, we had great English teachers. Yes, we had good ones. Yeah. And, and but and, and sometimes we'll we'll slip ourselves, but still, uh, well, it, it's com it's that. common English. Common <laughs> English uh, uh, is not used properly. Well, writing and things have changed so much because of the computer. Uh, kids don't don't write like they used to, and especially boys. I've learned over the years. I was very proud of my handwriting. I mean, very proud of it. But they I don't thought it was terrible. And, and now the handwriting is terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it don't bother them. That's, mm -hmm. that's one thing. But it doesn't bother them whether it's readable or not. I, mean, mm -hmm. I wrote it. Uh, but uh, we just live in we just live in a, in a totally different world. Mm -hmm. And but the computers, uh, the calculators, the phones. Uh, technology, uh, it's good, mm -hmm. but it's if it's used properly, and uh, some of us just don't use it properly. But the things they can get into on a computer are mind-boggling. Well, yeah, but our, it's something that that they're using to do their thinking for them, and mm -hmm. and. Somewhere along the line, I, I see it in in a lot of these um, um, protests and how a lot of the kids are thinking today, and they're not. I mean, they're not being used. They're not analyzing what's being taught to them. Or, no. uh, uh, that's the reason I am so adamant on math. Mm -hmm. Math is, teaches you to think. It teaches you correct steps, how to analyze, you know, and figure out, you know, uh, to me, when we're doing algebra, finding an unknown, mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to find the answer. And it, it was a challenge, and I had to use the information that was given to me to determine the answer. Well, we're not utilizing that like we're used to now. We're just, we, the algebra is, is, is not like it was when we went there. Yeah. And uh, but getting those tools, gathering your information, organizing your information in in algebra is that's that teaches you to think and organize your thoughts, and you do that in science too. Though there are certain things that you do in science, basics mm -hmm. that you use. I mean, like the periodic table. Learning the periodic table when I taught chemistry was a big deal for me. And I, my daughter was telling me the other day, when I teach they don't even have the periodic table in their curriculum anymore. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, how do you teach chemistry without the periodic table? Because that periodic table, you know, the numbers, every number on there means something in the periodic table. Mm -hmm. And its place means something. And if you taught it like you needed to teach it, kids understood a lot of the chemistry before they ever started with the, really the chemistry part, a mm -hmm. metal and a non-metal, you know, a positive and a negative, why are they bonding together, how many electrons do they have in the outer shell, mm -hmm. you know, how many subshells, SPDF, you know, some people do fine, I would teach that, some people do fine with subshells, mm -hmm. and, you know, and I taught them how, how it would go together, and then they had a visual, and I would draw pictures on the board of, a, of an atom, and uh, metal and a non-metal, and show why they bonded together. Now, it's a simplifying it, but you simplify it, it gives them the basics so they can understand and build. That's like a, a 
a simple machine. What's a compound machine? Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of simple machines. And if you know how those simple machines work, then you can put together a compound machine because they get them to work together. And that's that's the the big deal about learning. If you learn the basics, then those basics that you've learned, you can use those basics to develop a better attitude, a better skill to, you know, solving problems. You need a smaller classroom to be able to do that, don't you? Yes, I would say so. Now, I've been in classes where I had 40, 42 kids. Mm. I had a gym class one time that I had 100 kids. Good. Just me. Yeah. Uh, small is better, yes. Uh, when I taught at Holloway, I think our largest number that we could have in the classroom was 15. And it worked out well. Yeah. I, you got a lot of one-on-one with those people, especially with the math problems. Uh, I think about one, one young man that I had uh, that uh, when he subtracted, he he carried every time. And I, I never could figure that out. He wanted to carry every time. I mean, if I'm... Uh, it was really weird how how he did his stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I I worked on a hundred percent advancement. In other words, I give them ten problems, mm-hmm. they had to get a hundred percent. If they yeah. didn't get a hundred percent, they had to redo it. And this kid went from a forty-five on his testing up into the high eighties, and that he learned. He said, "I'm not dumb." Hmm. I thought I Bless was dumb. His heart. I said, "You're not dumb." Usually just one little mistake was he was missing everything. Mm-hmm. Did one little thing. So hey, you know, those are the kids that come back and say thank you. Yeah, it, teaching is not easy, and you have That's you have to work. be able to analyze each one of your students. And and when you have large numbers in your classroom, that's got to be extremely difficult. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to you. I've learned a lot myself. All right, guys, we will see you. uh, If if you get to come to Sparta, uh, I've given you the um, uh, uh, route to take getting up there. And uh, we'll see you Monday morning at 9 o'clock. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.